Welcome to Clutch Crew Sports. I'm your lead host, Zach. And on this episode, we're here to talk all about Super Bowl 54, every little X's and O's thing that you could think about for this game. And now let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. You know me, I'm Connor, the co-host with the most, and you can lock that. What's up, y'all? Eric here, another co-host. I'm the NFL and NBA guy. But if you know a topic upsets me enough, you know you're going to get a rant. All right, guys. So as promised, here we are with our Super Bowl predictions episode, Super Bowl 54. I've got a feeling this is going to be one of my favorite episodes that we've done in our history of Clutch Crew Sports because this is what everything's led up to. You know, we talked uh, in the playoffs how all those division episodes led up to the playoffs and all the weekly predictions and weekly reactions led to the playoffs well now all that stuff plus all the playoff stuff has led to this moment so this is going to be quite a realization for the season of football but i want to ask you guys before we get into the meat and potatoes of this episode what are your super bowl plans for super bowl sunday what are you guys going to be preparing food wise where do you plan watching the game with who just everything what your Super Bowl routine is going to be about. So, Eric, I'll start with you. What are What's your plans for the Super Bowl? Yeah, man. It's just going to be me and the lady. Susan and I are going to be uh, chilling, hanging out in our apartment, watching it together. We're not going to go to, like, a party or anything. But I have to work, like, earlier in the day. So by the time we uh, – or by the time I get off work and, like, get food, it won't be – too much longer till the game starts so i'm not going to be seeing any of the pregame but uh as for food and stuff though i'm still decide still debating on that we haven't fully decided what we're going to do yet i wish i could give you more exciting information (laughs) uh, (laughs) into it but maybe i'll you know we have to know (laughs) yeah would you say oh said, yeah taco bell brought the nacho fries back i might get some of those Ooh. <laughs> i haven't yes. i haven't tried those yet so i gotta go get them yeah i will say guys let me let me know let me know your opinion on this if i should make susan sleep on the couch tonight because she knew while i was at work that the nacho fries had come back and she could have texted <laughs> me and told me while i was at work so i could go get some but she didn't <laughs> well is see that, is that sleeping on the couch worthy <laughs> I, I i haven't tried them yet so i can't give you a, an opinion on that i i don't i don't think so i haven't tried them but just oh my, my knowledge of Taco Bell. okay <laughs> guys y'all not trying the nacho fries is a more serious offense than connor not seeing space jam like <laughs> what no 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 <laughs> that is Wait, 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 which I, I still haven't seen, by the way. Uh, Connor, that's two strikes, bro. Like, <laughs> well, hey, you know All what? Right, look, y'all are, you know, y'all y'all are going to rant. <laughs> no, what, what's yeah, going to happen I, is, is look, uh, see, on, I told on Saturday. You guys in the intro, I, I, say, I told you guys in the intro, if a topic upsets me enough, I'm going to rant about it. Here's my rant for the episode that Connor <laughs> and Zach have not tried nacho fries yet. Sorry, I'm getting really sidetracked. but <laughs> hey, 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 man, I, on Saturday, I'm going to go to Taco Bell because it's over by my mom's house. So when I'm going to go see Kayla at her job, there's a Taco Bell right on the way, and I will stop and get some because yeah. every time I every time I've gone there since you like gave us this thing to go and try them, it's always been either the rolled chicken tacos or like something else, not the nacho no, fries. No, no. So the ro- rolled chicken tacos are eh, yeah. They, I, I, I still yes. think you should watch Space Jam before you do that. I mean, that's that's a bigger <laughs> thing in life, <laughs> but. I mean, they're just <laughs> fries with, like, cheese sauce. I mean... Like, no, but the I'm fries sure you... have, like, a seasoning. The fries have, like, a seasoning. Okay, a seasoned in them. Really fries with own. cheese sauce. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even need the cheese sauce are that good. I'm telling you, man. Okay. Like, Zach, you're severely underestimating this. But I'll, I'll turn the floor over to Connor mm-hmm. for his Super Bowl yeah. fans. I'll, I'll let this go for now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I'm probably just going to... I'm going to be sitting at home with my dad watching the Super Bowl on the, the big projector... Um, and I don't know what the food plans are going to be. I'm guessing my dad is going to, um, he's got like a smoker. So I don't know if he's going to do like pulled pork or if he's going to do, we usually like to do chicken wings or ribs. Maybe I don't know what he's going to do, but definitely going to be some smoked meat and some lots of beer involved there. Um, and I know this is hopefully 
I'll get the outcome that I want because it seems like every time my dad and I are away from like his house with the projector watching it, the result we want doesn't end up happening because, and I'm just using this like, you know, for Super Bowl 50, we didn't really care what Super Bowl 50, but like, you know, for Super Bowl 51, we wanted the Falcons to win and he was at home and I was still up here in Boone and the Patriots ended up winning. So then Super Bowl 52 happens and I went home for that one, and we wanted the Eagles to win, and they won. And then last year, we were I watched it with him, too, last year, but we went down to South Carolina, and the Rams lost. So hopefully we'll get the outcome we want since we're not going anywhere, because it's bad juju to go away from the house. <laughs> okay. <So. laughs> interesting. Maybe That's that'll, very interesting. Maybe that will combat the Jersey bad juju. Oh, yeah, the, the Jersey juju, yeah. <laughs> um. Bad. I don't know. I gave you an argument in favor of your pick. When I yeah, you I'm, I, I, I'm not going <laughs> to stoop to the jersey color, but you know, that, that's always in the back of all of our minds. But <laughs> as far as my plans for the Super Bowl, I'm not going to, you know, make it a big extravagant thing or anything like that. But uh, probably Kyle and I are going to get together and watch the game. Uh, I guess we got to do it now at my apartment because later on you're going to see a, a prop bet related to the place that I watch my games at, but uh, yeah, as far as the food, I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do for that. But you know, my Twitter handle is at Guacfo Life, and in my bio picture here on the intro, you know, there's a picture of guacamole here. I, I did that for a reason, so. So there, there better I, be guacamole. I can lock that <laughs> guacamole. <laughs> uh, so, yes, that's a lock. I'll, I'll show the proof on Twitter if you guys really want to see, but um that's that's definitely going to be one of the foods i get i don't know what else it'll be but yeah we're we're just gonna watch the game have a good time and he's going for the chiefs as well so it's not like uh you know we're gonna be battling each other for who we want to win but so uh well here's a question for you zach though before yeah. you move on is that yeah. is it gonna be the mild guac or the spicy guac i'm a fan of spicy foods I'll I'll say that straight out, but when it comes to guac, I would rather have mild guac. And it's not that I'm gonna like I don't hate spicy guac, but it's just I just like mild guac better. I just like that flavor. When you put a spicy thing in in uh in guac, it it doesn't make it the guac that I think of guac. So that's why I probably go mild, but it's not to say that I don't like spicy stuff, but I know you don't like walking, period. So <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not an avocado person. So <laughs> and I don't think Eric is either. No, I'm not. Okay. I'm not a guacamole person. I don't like avocado either. Eric, sure you work you work at a Mexican it. restaurant and you don't like guacamole? <laughs> I know it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. But luckily, I like other stuff there. But and unfortunately, like in my biopic, there's Chick Fil A in it. But Chick Fil A is closed on Sunday, so oh, yeah. I have to get something else. So I'll. But we'll figure it out. Well, I'll let the yeah. Twitter world know. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I will <great>. post updates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, I'm gonna now show you guys. Um, who everybody related to Clutch Crew Sports thinks is going to win this game. So some of these people have been featured on our podcast. Some of the people are ourselves. And then others are friends of mine and friends of Eric's. Uh, so I'll start with the 49ers and just introduce all these people here. So we have up in the top corner, Natasha from the Collier and Claire Sports Show. She wasn't on our episode, but we joined their podcast and she was a part of that. Uh, Connor and I were there with that one. Next to her on the right is Eric's longtime friend, Alan. So, Alan. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, I was about to give him a shout out. Right? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, so we asked him who he thought would win. He said San Francisco. Down here in the bottom left is Aaron Swarm. You guys probably only recognize him by this cartoon face, so that's why I put it up here. <laughs> shout <laughs> uh, out to you, Aaron. <laughs> he's got the AirPods in and everything, the headband. Trying to be Gardner Minshew, I guess. I don't know. But. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's me to the right looking pretty edgy with my distilled water in the background. <laughs> That's what it is, by the way. In case you're in case anybody's wondering, I, I tried to take a serious picture and then I put this. I was holding a bottle of distilled water and I put that in the, the, the caption. So that's what the picture looks like all blown up. But 
Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Just that caption got me, man. Like looking edgy with the distilled water. I don't know. I just kind of. <laughs> well, I remember. Well, I remember that was the first thing I sent to the group too when you changed your profile pic. I was like, man, Zach's trying to look all edgy and everything over here. <laughs> yeah, it looks edgy when you don't have the full bottle with the text and everything. But yeah, that, that was the goal. It, it got a lot of laughs on the internet, so that was. Uh, That's that, good. That's how, yeah. Uh, and then. The overwhelming majority of the Clutch Crew Sports people have picked the Chiefs to win. So we'll start up in the top left here. Stacy Collier from the Collier and Claire Sports Show. He was on our podcast about a month and a half ago. And, of course, he was on when we joined them. To the right, that's Kyle that I was talking about earlier. So he's a Packers fan. Going to be rooting for the Chiefs. And didn't then, take uh, too nicely to when we called the Packers fraud. No, he didn't. He texted me right once that a couple hours after the episode released, and he was like, so the Packers are frauds, huh? I'm like, <laughs> I can't tell a lie, man. I can't tell a lie. Uh, and then to the right here is Mark, also known as the Big Ten Defender slash SEC hater. Mark, <laughs> you're listening to this. You're going to text me that you don't hate the SEC, but I, I know you do deep down. Uh, <laughs> and then over to the right here is Nate. Obviously, he's on our show a lot, so that's he's picking the Chiefs. And then, of course, we got Connor here down in the middle row. He's on this episode, in case you didn't know, in case you weren't listening before. Uh, <laughs> and then also we have Eric here in the in the middle, you know, repping the Jags, looking good with that hat. Yes, yes. What? That's a well, weird kind of hat. Hey, well, you it's know, interesting, I, I, but I like it. Yeah. I'm re- I'm repping my team in that photo. It's just uh very yeah. shrunk down, but there yeah, is yeah, a Lin, this, there, there is a Lynn Swan jersey in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and then to the right of Eric is the one RM. We were on their podcast just last week, something like a podcast. So we talked to him. It was a great time. And then. One of our original Twitch supporters down here, Jackson. This is his Twitch username, JH172. That's his little Toy Story logo. Uh, he was picking the Chiefs as well. So you can see most of our related people have picked the Chiefs. And only a couple people, including myself, picked the 49ers. So it's going to be it's gonna be a fun episode, guys. If you listened a couple months ago, you might have heard the debate that Kyle and myself had about uh, Aaron Rodgers being the MVP or not in the midseason mark. I feel I have a feeling this is kind of what this is going to be because we don't usually disagree a whole lot often, but the more I've been thinking about this, the more strongly I'm pick, I'm leaning towards San Francisco to win. I'm sure you guys are thinking the same for Kansas City, so this is a true, honest disagreement here, so may, may the best debater win, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> This isn't going to be like those, uh, you know, first take and everything where we're like, oh, you're stupid. Like, should, should I, after like 10 minutes, should I be like, is it my turn yet? Should I, should I be like, <laughs> just interrupt us, you yeah. know? Well, actually, I am going to interrupt you right now, but it's for a good reason. So I, you can see right here, there's a lot going on this screen. There's a lot going on my screen that you'll see later. I, I think Connor and I deserve awards for coming up with this stuff. It took a lot of work to edit this these pictures crop them down snip them resize them shrink them enlarge them all make the sure you p- can still see them <laughs> make sure you can still see them it we we really maximized our space here i, th- I think we did a pretty good job so i, I want to congratulate you guys on that yeah, so, high five bro <laughs> yeah, high five <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah so we got the kansas city Chiefs slide here so um, I'll probably do the majority of the talking on this since I uh, made the slide, but Eric is also picking the Chiefs, so I know it's going to be going to be him and I. But so starting in the top left here, these basically what these slides are, pretty well all the reasons why I think Eric and I think that the Chiefs are going to win, and the next slide is going to be why Zach thinks the 49ers are going to win. But so at first, I wanted to include the Chiefs to. Uh, the two final scores from their two playoff games. I know one thing that Zach's going to be highlighting later is the fact that they were down like mostly 21 to zero to the Texans and down 10 to seven to the Chiefs or the Titans. But, you know, you can be down 
early in the game as much as you want. The final score is what matters. And at the end of the day, they beat the Texans 51 to 31 and they beat the Titans 35 to 24. So um, especially the Texans won, they looked like they were in trouble for a little bit. But if you look in the second, by the time the halftime rolled around, the Chiefs weren't in trouble anymore. They were up 28, 24 at halftime. So and they weren't really ter- much in trouble against the Titans, really, either after the first quarter. So, I mean, definitely if the Chiefs can put together a first quarter against the 49ers, they are going to be uh, very well set. So then underneath these scores, I included Patrick Mahomes's stats from both of the games, because I know everybody's been talking about Patrick Mahomes is going to be the key to this game for the Kansas City Chiefs. You see that he threw for... 321 yards and five touchdowns against the Texans. That's certainly nothing to sneeze at. And a 91.5 rating could be better, but still pretty good. Uh, But then you look down against the Titans, you know, 294 yards and three touchdowns and a 97 and a half rating, which is really good. So, and if you look, notice the zero interceptions between the two games. So uh, good, good for the chiefs. And then the last thing I wanted to highlight chiefs wise and from these two games were where it says team. This is also for everybody looking on YouTube, but <laughs> if you're not on YouTube, you're not going to see this, but where it says team, uh, I included the chiefs rushing stats from those games because most people think that the chiefs offense is all Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball. Well, the chiefs can run the ball too. They ran for 118 yards between mostly between Patrick Mahomes and daily and Williams in the game against the Texans. And they ran for 112 yards, again, between Patrick Mahomes and Damian Williams, for the most part, against the Tennessee Titans. So, uh, Eric, what do you think about the Chiefs' offense heading into the Super Bowl? Oh, I mean, obviously the Chiefs have the best overall offense in the NFL, which is going to give them a big advantage in this game. I know San Francisco has a better defense in the NFL they're one of the top defenses but if you look at some of the defenses the Chiefs have played throughout their like last few games of the season and then going into the playoffs like they played some pretty solid defenses too and yet they still put up this you know the numbers that they have so like looking at the, the I guess like one of my arguments like that I would bring to the table for the Chiefs is if you go by the different positions that each team has, you know, look at the quarterbacks. Who are you going to give the edge to? Obviously, you're going to give the edge to Patrick Mahomes over Jimmy Garoppolo. Like that, that's probably the biggest blowout out of any of the position charts going into the game. With the running backs, while the 49ers have had a great running game, they're a three headed running back by committee so I wouldn't really necessarily argue that any of them are better than Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy really I guess really what I would argue with the running backs is that it's more split like I guess I'd give that matchup to be pretty even and then the tight ends are going to be pretty even as well this is actually one of the more exciting matchups that I'm looking forward to watching in the Super Bowl I'm looking forward to seeing how each team tries to guard the uh, and contain the other one's tight ends because Travis Kelsey and George Kittle are two of the best in the NFL, probably the two best tight ends in the NFL. So that one, again, I'm going to give it even, but I, I give the wide receiver edge to the chiefs for sure. There's, there's nobody faster than Tyree kill. Sammy Watkins came on pretty strong. I, I like their wide receivers a lot better than anybody that the 49ers are offering to the table. So, you definitely have to give the edge offensively to the Chiefs going into this game. So that that's my argument for the Chiefs offensively there. So I'll let you go to the next yeah. part, Connor. All right. So and then continuing on to their offense, I have two more pictures of first of Andy Reid, which one thing about Andy Reid is he is a great offensive mastermind. And I know the stigma or the you know thing about Andy Reid is that he can't win the big game. I truly, but the thing about Andy Reid is that even though he hasn't won the big game ever, he's been in this situation before. I mean, he's been a head coach in the NFL since what, like 2001, I, I want to say. Yeah, like even before yeah. 2000. So he's been around for a long, long time. So this Super Bowl stage is not going to intimidate him. He's not going to get flustered. 
Whereas this is Kyle Shanahan's first trip to the playoffs as a head coach. So um, definitely the coaching experience, I think, is going to come into factor for Andy Reid. And also below Andy Reid, I have the Chiefs and their six pro bowlers. So um, I'm sure most people recognize most of the people on this board. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes there in the middle, number 15. Tyree Kill, number 10. Eric Fisher, their left tackle at number 72. Travis Kelsey, number 87. And then on the far left is actually their fullback, Anthony Sherman, who I think is a little bit of an underrated piece to this offense. If you can have a good fullback, I think that's a great addition to any offense, even though it's hardly used anymore. And then that last guy there in the middle next to Mahomes, number 55, Frank Clark, he's going to be talked about a little bit later, but he's a defensive player that made the Pro Bowl for the Chiefs. And so that's the main focus, because I I wanted to talk about the offense, but the main focus I wanted to put on the Chiefs was their defense, because the whole argument going into this game against the Chiefs, for the most part, is that the Chiefs had this horrible defense that's not going to be able to stop the 49ers at all. You know, defense wins championships, the 49ers will stop the Chiefs, and then the 49ers will run all over the Chiefs defense because their defense sucks, and it's terrible. Well... If you look at the actual stats for the Chiefs defense, it's honestly not that bad. And in some cases, it's not. I will agree that San Francisco is the better defense, but Casey is right there in a lot of categories next to San Francisco when it comes to their defense. So first of all, I wanted to look at what the Texans uh, actually. I just realized I have these uh, two swapped, Um, but. Oh, yeah. I just now realized this. Okay. I put, a, put a lot of work into this. <laughs> but um, so anyway, under the Texans Chiefs game is actually the Titans running backs. But um, so with, you know, how Derrick Henry ran for over like 170 yards on the Patriots and he ran for over 170 yards on the Ravens. Well, the Chiefs managed to keep him in check with only with 19 carries. So he carried the ball a lot. It's not like he only carried it seven times. 19 carries and only 69 yards on the ground after what he'd been doing against the Ravens and Patriots who have much better, you know, they were like the two top defenses in the league this year. And the chiefs were able to keep Derrick Henry in check and not the top two defenses. And then if you go down to the Houston underneath the chiefs Titans games, you have the Houston Texans running backs, Carlos Hyde, 13 carries for 44. You know, they managed to hold Deshaun Watson to 37 yards rushing. He only rushed six times, but you know, you don't, Deshaun Watson can definitely do a lot more damage on you. So I wanted to highlight that, that their run defense is really good. And then I wanted to also highlight three players on their defense at the bottom here with Chris Jones, despite how sucky he is in Superstar KO. <laughs> he is a bona fide all pro in uh, in real life. He didn't make the Pro Bowl this year, but the disruption that he causes is just unreal, especially in the run game. I mean, he was a big reason why Derrick Henry was not getting the yards that he was getting in that game. Chris Jones was getting in the backfield, disrupting Derrick Henry and allowing the rest of the Chiefs defense to get there. Then you have Frank Clark, the pro bowler that I mentioned. He's their main pass rusher. Um, I know eight sacks on the year is not terribly good, but it's still a fairly decent number for a defensive end. And also, as I'll get to later, Frank Clark was not the only one that was racking up sacks for the Chiefs. And also in their secondary, Tyron Matthew, you know, he had a couple off years before this, but the Honey Badger looks like he's back in form. He had a couple interceptions in the playoffs. So I think Tyron Matthew is going to be dangerous. And if Jimmy and if he can intercept some of the quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson and Ryan Tannehill, which I know Tannehill's not terribly good, but if he can intercept Deshaun Watson, he's going to be a nightmare for Jimmy Garoppolo. <clears throat> so. And then going up to some of these other stats on the Chiefs defense. So the first one where you have the Chiefs at number seven and the 49ers at number eight, this is points per game given up by both teams. So I know the one point on defense where the Chiefs are lacking compared to the 49ers is yards per game. Now, when it comes to yards per game, the 49ers were second in the league and the Chiefs were 18th. But at the end of the day, you can give up all the yards you want. It's the points that matter. And when it comes to points per game, the Chiefs are actually better than the San Francisco 49ers on defense. Now, only slightly, but, you know, they are ahead 19.2 to 19.4. So even though they've given up a lot of yards, they have not given up a lot of points. And that's what counts on the scoreboard. 
Then when you look at the category of sacks, the 49ers were in a tie for fifth with 48 sacks on the year. The Kansas City Chiefs not far behind at all with 45 sacks on the year, tied for 11th. So <clears throat> even though Frank Clark only had eight of those sacks, there's a lot more guys like Chris Jones and some other people on that defense getting to the quarterback as well. And then in the turnovers department, the 49ers had 27 turnovers and the Chiefs had 23. Once again, very close. The Chiefs actually had more interceptions than the 49ers did. The 49ers had a lot more forced fumbles. Um, I think that's mainly attributed to their, you know, the strength of their defense. Besides Richard Sherman, the strength of their defense is their front seven. So you're probably going to cause more fumbles. But so, well, at the end of the day, it's obviously the 49ers have the better defense, but the Chiefs are not as bad as people say they are. And the last thing I wanted to look at before I let Eric share his opinion on their defense is the uh, chart on the right over here. This was the the Chiefs' last six games in the regular season, two against the Chargers, against the Raiders, Patriots, Broncos, and Bears. And obviously the Bears don't have a great offense, so people might say, oh, only giving up three points, the Broncos and Bears, they weren't that good anyway. But still, in the NFL, to only give up three points, that's pretty impressive. They only gave up nine points to the Raiders, which is a budding young team. You know, Derek Carr is obviously not the best in the world, but he's a decent quarterback. Josh Jacobs was a really good running back, only gave up nine points to them. <clears throat> it only gave up 17 points and 21 points to the Chargers, a little bit worse, but still, you're going to win a lot of games if you only give up that many points, especially with the offense that the Chiefs have. And then finally, with the New England Patriots, only giving up 16 to the Patriots. You know, Tom Brady had an off year, but if Tom Brady can get going, that Patriots offense can be dangerous. So to keep the Patriots to 16 points, I think is also incredibly impressive. So, um, so I'm going to turn over to Eric with his opinion on the Chiefs defense. Yeah, and just this will be my final brief thing before we let Zach have his turn. Zach, thank you for not being like Skip Bayless and interrupting and asking <laughs> your turn. Oh, no, but, I'm, just, I'm just taking mental notes. That's what I'm doing. So the, <laughs> I like that Connor brought up the scores from their last six regular season games. And so I added all of that up and calculated it between their last six regular season games and their two playoff games. And they are averaging only giving up 15 and a half points a game in that time frame, which to basically two touchdowns, which is pretty impressive. And really in that Texans game, they had two like special teams gaps that gave the Texans two touchdowns. So really, even though it looks bad that like they gave up 31 points in that game against the Texans, but really their defense only gave up 17 points. So factoring that in their combined score average over the last eight games is only giving up 13.7. So basically right at two touchdowns. But everybody's argument is that the Chiefs defense sucks, that the Chiefs defense is garbage, and that's why the Chiefs are going to lose this game. But I have to disagree with that because looking at the numbers too, in addition to the points per game, in those same eight games, they're giving up an average of 93.6 rushing yards per game, which is a pretty solid number. They're giving up an average of 248 passing yards a game, which, again, is pretty decent. That may not blow you out of the water, but it's not trash like people say it is. And also, more importantly than the number of yards in the passing game, their defense in those same eight games has given up nine passing touchdowns to 10 interceptions. That's really good. And if the Chiefs, I mean, I think the biggest key to this game is going to be whichever team gets off to the quicker start. I mean, obviously that's an advantage. Now we've seen that not matter for the Chiefs in the last two games with them getting behind and then coming back. But I do worry for them a little more in this game if San Francisco gets a bigger lead because I feel like they're a more complete team than the Titans and the Texans were. But if the Chiefs can get off to a good start and force the 49ers to put the game into Jimmy G's hands, then the Chiefs are going to they're gonna win this game. But I guess before I turn it over to Zach, I would just say I am really excited for this game. This is the first game, the first Super Bowl for me in a while where like, I'm definitely rooting for the Chiefs to win, especially since they beat the Texans and Titans, who are my 
rivals of the Jags, so I'm obviously rooting for them. But I don't necessarily have a, you know, for sure true rooting loyalty. It's not like the Patriots are in it, and I for sure, you know, I hate them and want them to lose. Or it's not like one of, you know, it's not like the Jags are in it. So obviously I have a rooting interest there. Like, I want to be able to just sit down and watch this game and enjoy it from start to finish and not be stressed out about anything. Like, just enjoy it and I'm ready to watch these two teams go to war but I think with the evidence provided I think we've got <laughs> enough proof here to show that the Chiefs <laughs> are going to win so Zach we'll, we'll let you well, have your rebuttal here. well before Zach goes to I wanted to mention one last thing about you know you say that if they put the the game has to go into Jimmy Garoppolo's hands they're going to win well that, that was the last thing I included on this slide was Jimmy Garoppolo's stats from the two playoff games that they played against the Vikings and against the um, against the Packers. So I also included his wide receivers down there, Emmanuel Sanders, Debo Samuel, Kendrick Bourne, Dante Pettis, just to kind of prove our point about like the fact that Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins and the guys that the Chiefs have are more are superior to them. And also looking at Jimmy G's stats, I mean, in the first game, 11 for 19 for 131 yards, a touchdown and an interception, and a 45.5 rating. That's not good at all for an NFL quarterback in today's game when it's supposed to be a pass-heavy game. That's not good. Now, I can sympathize a little bit more with Jimmy Garoppolo's second game where he was 6 for 8 for 77 yards. Obviously, they didn't need to throw the ball that much when Raheem Mostert was off running for 220 yards, but... I'm mainly especially looking at that first game when that wasn't the case that how is Jimmy G going to perform if they put the ball in his hands? I mean, he's only thrown eight passes in the last three weeks. Is that good for a quarterback starting in the Super Bowl? I don't know. I don't think so. But yeah, now I will turn it over to Zach for his bit on the 49ers. Okay, sure. So let me just take a quick check of where we're at. 32 minutes. Okay. Yeah. So I, you know, you guys bring up a lot of good points, uh, but there are still a lot of things you guys said that I disagreed with, and I think it started with Eric's comment about the the running backs for the, the Chiefs and the 49ers, because I don't view that as a tie at all. I think that's a heavy advantage for the 49ers. Just look at the team stats here in the playoffs. So yards rushing. San Francisco's averaging 144 to Kansas City's 98, and most of that 98 has been Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Damian Williams, who you talked about, he's not better than any of the three running backs San Francisco has, in my opinion. He's got, I believe in the playoffs, around 25 carries for 94 yards, or give or take a couple of yards or carries, but it's a bad average. Uh, so that's the one thing I wanted to start by talking about the main thing I disagree with there, but now I'm not going to be too dramatic or anything here, but when I worked at Steak and Shake, you know, one of the most popular things that people like to order was the Frisco sandwich. And you know what the Frisco sandwich rhymes with? San Francisco. That's not a reason they're going to win the game. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> I was like, wait, where are you going with this? This <laughs> wasn't making any sense at all. <laughs> no, it's not. I just wanted to say it because I thought about it in my head. I was like, Frisco sauce, Frisco sauce, San Francisco. They rhyme. It's <laughs> <laughs> just something funny that I had to say. Oh, but, my goodness. <laughs> but, no, I think there is, you know – I think there's a lot of slander when it comes to these 49ers wide receivers because, yes, they're not – they play in the offense that they play in, this West Coast offense. And the thing that I think is so underrated about these 49ers receivers, and it doesn't show up on the stat sheet. That's why you look at all these stats, and if you've got any 49 – I don't think you have any 49ers receiving stats here. But these receiving stats are so misleading because – when reporters talk to the 49ers receivers after the games, they're not moaning and, and upset about, oh, we didn't get as many targets. They only threw the ball eight times. Like They are genuinely more happy when they are blocking for the running game than catching passes. I think that's a huge thing that is so underrated when it comes to these 49ers receivers. And these guys, they take pride in blocking, which is crucial to the zone running scheme that the 49ers tend to run, which is totally different than the Titans run scheme with Derrick Henry up the middle or Derrick Henry toss out. It's 
it's a total different scheme. So when you look at the stats that the Titans put up, that that low rushing yardage total, that's not a good measure of how this game is going to go because, yes, it's just rushing the ball, but it's rushing the ball in two very different ways. It's zone running is much different than running up the middle or, or toss pitching it out. And George Kittle is probably the best blocking tight end in football right now. You have a good offensive line. They're not the greatest offensive line in the world, but they're serviceable. And they take pride in run blocking. These receivers take pride in run blocking. The tight ends do. And they don't ask Jimmy G to do a whole lot. But I will say that that's the thing. They don't ask Jimmy G to do a lot, but he's capable of having big games. So down here, I have a bunch of late season games, Jimmy G stats wise. You know, going from week 17 and the Seahawks down. But the Saints game was one that I really wanted to focus on because that was a road game in New Orleans where he put up four touchdowns, went toe to toe with Drew Brees, one of the greatest throwers of the football in the NFL history, threw for almost 350 yards and four touchdowns with, I believe, a 74 QBR. So it's he's obviously capable of having a big game. You give the edge to Mahomes from consistency-wise, but Jimmy G can have a great game. You look at there really wasn't any bad games on this list. The Falcons game, I'd say, was his worst game, or the Ravens game, but the Ravens well, the, Ram, the Rams game was that two interceptions. Oh, the Rams was two interceptions. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he still threw the ball for a decent amount of yards. Cardinals, I mean, I know their defense isn't great, but and then that first time against the Packers too. So. It's it's a mix, but I think for the most part, he doesn't get as much credit as he deserves because the team doesn't rely on him a whole lot. And when you look at the history of things, so that's why I put this stuff up over here on the right. So this Super Bowl really reminds me, if I want to compare it to any, to the Super Bowl in 1998 between the Packers and the Broncos. And there's a lot of reasons why, starting with Mike Shanahan being a coach of the Broncos, He's with the 49ers. He's not the head coach, but he's a he has a don't get it wrong. He's got a huge part to the 49ers. His role there is a film guy. He confides with Kyle, his son. He he has a big impact on this team. Obviously, Kyle being his son was raised in this system. So they're very much connected and similar. So you've got the coaching similarity. I think another thing too, Patrick Mahomes. What's the guy that people compare him most often to is Brett Favre, who is in the Super Bowl with the Packers losing. And then you can compare Jimmy G and Elway here because look at Elway's stats in this game. 12 completions for 20 or 12 out of 22 completions, 123 yards and interception. You look at those numbers and you think, oh, there's no way Denver can win this. But it's about the running game, which Shanahan has brought to new Shanahan and it's about you can you can stop a great quarterback like Brett Favre. So it's not all about passing, you know, when it comes down to this. You got to run the ball because that's a huge part of time of possession. I believe the 49ers have a great three-headed backfield with Breida, Mostert, and Coleman. Now Coleman's been on the injury report, but he did practice. He was limited in practice, which I think is a good sign for him to play in this game. But that's another thing too. When you're game planning against the Titans, you're only worrying about Derrick Henry, and that's it. When you game plan against the 49ers rushing, you got a game plan against Coleman, Mostert, Breida. And he can run. He can fly. So it's it's a totally different thing when you compare the Chiefs defense, how they've been doing to the San Francisco rushing offense, because I don't think it's very similar at all. Coach. as that head coach so we don't know what he's going to do in this game but Kyle Shanahan while he wasn't a head coach in the Super Bowl a couple years ago he was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons <laughs> obviously they blew that Super Bowl lead but I think that is going to do him well in this game he's got the experience you know he's he might be a first-time head coach in the Super Bowl but he grew up with his dad being a coach in a lot of Super Bowls he's been around a lot of NFL teams that have been that have gone to Super Bowl so he's used to this moment i believe and then 
you guys were talking a lot about the team stats. I put team stats here for the playoffs down here. So this is playoff team stats. Everybody makes, you know, you guys were talking about how Kansas City's defense is better than people think. But I, I personally think San Francisco's offense is better than people think. Neck and neck when it comes to points per game. Um, points allowed per game. Total yards. I mean, a lot of these stats are pretty close. Rushing yards, yards allowed. I'm just trying to. Yeah, the wherever I got these stats from don't make sense for the Kansas City points per game. But, um, but anyways, the point is that San Francisco's offense can put up points. So that's a bad. I don't know why ESPN lied to me about that. I just realized that. But, uh, but yeah. So the point is though, San Francisco they can put up rushing yards, they can put up passing yards, and. Now I'll talk about the San Francisco defense. So this is really where this game is going to be won for San Francisco because when you look at the Titans and you look at the Texans, both teams did things fundamentally wrong. Okay, the Texans, I just believe, aren't talented enough to match up when it comes to their secondary and when it comes to their defensive line. And then the Titans, I blame that a lot on Vrabel for his defensive scheme that he put out in that game. I, I tend to blame that more on the Titans than I do good on the Chiefs because you can't send three rushers at Mahomes. That's just, you're just asking for trouble when you do that. I don't, you know, Robert Sala is one of the hottest defensive coordinators in the National Football League. I have a hard time believing that he's going to just send three rushers at Mahomes and, and play it like that. So you look, five first-round draft picks on this defensive line you know, a lot of people know about Nick Bosa, but you've got Armstead, you've got Buckner, you've got Solomon Thomas, the third pick overall, D. Ford, Eric Armstead. I mean, it just goes on and on with these players on the defensive line for San Francisco. They're going to be fresh. They're going to be attacking these uh, Kansas City guards and tackles. I think they're going to get to Mahomes. I think they're going to get to him early and often. I expect a couple of sacks in this game. And then in the secondary-wise, a lot of people – like to rave about Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey. But these San Francisco corners are are really physical. They're gonna get you at the line of scrimmage. That's gonna be the key. Sherman's talked about it. You gotta when you're going against Tyree Kill, you gotta slow him down early. You gotta get physical with these guys. San Francisco, I believe, is the most physical team in the league. Kansas City, they're more of a finesse team. That's what I would classify Kansas City as a finesse team. I'd say San Francisco's more physical. And I think that's going to lead to an advantage, kind of a shocking advantage. I think Kansas City isn't going to put up 30 points in this game. So, and a lot of people talk about Sherman too, but they have another great cornerback on the other side here uh, as well. And his name is kind of Kawan Williams. I guess that's how you pronounce it. But he, you know, he was rated a top 10 player of every when you take all the players on the Chiefs and 49ers, he was rated a top 10 player. So Mahomes, he's not going to have an easy day throwing the football down the field. San Francisco obviously leads the league in fewest 20-yard passes down the field, only allowing 10 all season. So you're going up again. You know, you're putting best against best here. But I really do trust the 49ers defense. I trust their offense to ground pound, run the ball, keep Mahomes on the sideline. The defense is going to get stops. They take the ball away. Here I've included all the draft picks and everything, you know, from their pass drafts, a lot of defensive line, offensive line. So a lot of these players are making impacts on this team right now. Obviously up here I've got rushing stats from the two games, and this is really monumental because it was Mostert in the Packers game. It was Coleman in the Vikings game. You never know who it's going to be. It could be Burita in this one. It could be Debo Samuel. It could be a combination of all three. It could be mainly two or not one. It's just so hard to plan against three great running backs who I think I think all these running backs are better than any running back that Kansas City is going to put out. So that, that's a huge advantage for San Francisco. And then another thing, too, finally, that I want to add here before we kind of go back and forth is Kansas City's defense, they give up so many offside penalties it's not even funny like you know a lot of people remember the one in the AFC championship game last year by D Ford but they did this in the Titans game like three or four times you know they had nine penalties for 61 yards 
And that's not a huge amount average wise, but it's because a lot of these are offsides. I think they had two or three of them. And you can do that against the Titans and get away with it because they're the Titans at, and you're at home. You can't do that against San Francisco. And unfortunately for the Chiefs, their defense, just every game I watch of them, they give up these stupid offsides penalties. And to me, when you give up offsides penalties, that's like that's loser football right there. That's not good coaching. That's Andy Reid not being disciplined enough on his players. Whereas on the flip side, Shanahan, I think, is a much more disciplined coach with his team. They only had two penalties for 10 yards in that last game against the Packers. And we all know how favorable the refs have been to the Packers this season. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, But it's really the offsides penalties that get me with the Chiefs. You cannot do that against the San Francisco 49ers. They got away with it. The first quarter leads they got away with because it was the Texans and Titans. I can guarantee you this. And this was really 17-7 because Tennessee scored a quick touchdown in the start of the second quarter. So... I'll tell you this, if San Francisco gets up by either of these margins, if they get up 17-7 or 21-0, they're not coming back on the 49ers. They start out slow for some reason. Uh, Mahomes, they, you know, these vaunted uh, KC receivers and tight ends, they have a lot of drops in the early parts of the game. That's what I've noticed. I, I don't really blame it on Mahomes. I blame it more on their weapons. They seem to drop balls a lot, whereas these 49ers receivers, I don't really see them dropping balls. They don't have the big names. You know, Dante Pettis, Debo, and Emmanuel Sanders. But they're all solid, I believe. George Kittle, too, is a is a huge passing threat. They're all solid. They know their roles. They can run. Debo Samuel, very fast track athlete. So I don't view that as a huge going back either way, too, just because I know Kansas City drops a lot. So I've kind of talked on and on here. I think I've talked about everything, the penalties I really wanted to talk about, so... We can kind of go back and forth now and I'll switch between these slides. But what do you guys think about what I said? Because I kind of replied to some of the stuff you said. Well, I know one thing for me about Patrick Mahomes, because you talk about that the 49ers like to be physical when it comes to the cornerbacks. I think the one major key, I think major key that makes me think of a superstar (laughs) KO, but um, (laughs) The major key for the 40, or the Chiefs is that if the 49ers cannot get to Patrick Mahomes, then his receivers are going to get open because you we all know Patrick Mahomes' arm strength. It doesn't matter how far down the field Tyreek Hill is. If they try, if the Chiefs' protection can hold up and the 49ers have to start getting in sprinting matches with Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill are going to win. And Patrick Mahomes can throw 60-yard bombs down the field. So I think that's going to be the major, I think the key point, like I'm not doing this as like an argument one way or yeah, the other. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is more of just like, if the 49ers can't get to Patrick Mahomes, it's going to be a long, long, long day for that 49ers secondary. And I don't think they're going to be able to hold up, which is one of the reasons why I thought about this before the uh, podcast started. Cause I feel like since this is such a big episode, I have to have one of these, but I know the 49ers, you know, they're the low, they have allowed the fewest completions in over 20 yards and they have one of the best pass defense, one of the best defenses in general in the league. And they're going to, you know, rush Mahomes and get to Mahomes. I am going to lock that Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for at least 300 yards in this game. And that, because I think he's going to get around. I don't think they're going to be able to get to him quick enough. I think Mahomes is too much of a dynamic playmaker. And I think, if the Chiefs protection is going to hold up and he is going to start to complete these deep downfield passes. So Patrick Mahomes, 300 passing yards guaranteed. Yeah. I don't don't know about that, to be honest. Uh, It's it's doable. It's only 300. That's not like an absurd number or anything, but I, this defense against this defense, that's going to be pretty hard, but still, I think even with 300 yards, I think that doesn't guarantee the Chiefs a win I, because I have so much respect for the 49ers running game. Like when you look at the 49ers run game, it's it's totally different than what they had to go up against with the with the Tennessee Titans. It's we saw it in the Green Bay game. They literally just could not tackle them. These running backs. Uh, so I I really think Mahomes isn't going to be on the field often. I, I think San Francisco is going to eat up the time of possession. 
in this game. I, I don't see I don't see Mahomes as having as many opportunities as he did. And another thing too, Shanahan, he's gonna be smart with Jimmy G. He's not gonna he's not gonna have designed plays where Jimmy G is gonna be put in risky situations. I think anything that Jimmy G does Shanahan's going to be like ultra safe about like we cannot turn the ball over. So it's going to be very, it's totally different styles. They're not going to be throwing it like Mahomes, but I think it's going to be enough to create like first downs and just chew up the clock, just slowly keeping the chiefs off the field. is going to be huge for them. And the thing I love about the 49ers is they have so many guys that through the course of the game, they can bring in fresh legs to get to Mahomes. So that's another thing. The Titans and Texans, their defensive lines obviously could not handle the Chiefs' offensive line. I think these guys can, and I think these guys will be fresh late in the game to do that. So we'll see what happens there. But, Eric, you want to add anything? Yeah, I'm I mean, simply at this point, like, for people that have been listening and, you know, if you've made it through hearing both of the arguments, I mean, ultimately at this point, I mean, we could go back and forth all day with our opinions. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's – Basically, just to me, the only thing really that I can think of to add to this, because, I mean, Connor and I brought up great points. You brought up great points for the 49ers. Ultimately, we have provided for you guys the blueprint for each team to win the game, pretty much. And so if what Connor and I have brought to the table, if that happens, the Chiefs are going to win. If Everything that Zach brought to the table for the 49ers, if that's what happens, the 49ers are going to win. I mean, I don't – There's if, I they don't eat some, <laughs> if they eat some Frisco melts, they're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, so it's hard to, you know, really add much to the table to, like, dispute well, or whatever. Because, I mean, obviously, I'll, like, you're, you know, obviously the 49ers have a great defensive line, so it's going to depend on if – the you know if the Chiefs can give Mahomes the time he needs but I guess one other thing that I will add that's a, a slight advantage for the Chiefs over compared to what the 49ers have played in their two playoff games is that Mahomes being able to be more mobile gives an advantage for him against that defensive line because if you look at who the 49ers played they played Kirk Cousins who's a statue and they played Aaron Rodgers, who, while he's been known to be mobile when he needs to throughout his career, he's a lot older. He's obviously not as mobile as he used to be. So, you know, it's like going it, it kind of reminds me of like when the Jaguars made it to the AFC championship game. It seemed, you know, our defensive line was stacked that year and we were rotating guys in and out. We had fresh guys. But it seemed like every time when the Jaguars went against a pocket passer who was a, just a straight statue in the pocket. Like, we just had a field day, and we would destroy these teams' quarterbacks. But when we had to go against a more mobile quarterback, it seemed like that was when we had problems. And Well, how many really mobile quarterbacks did they go up against? Mari- Mariota, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson got hurt that season. We played. We went against okay. Russell Wilson that year, and while yeah, we but beat, we beat them. We beat, yeah, we. Beat them, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We, like, yeah, we beat them, but look at all the damage. I mean, Russell Wilson did a lot of damage in that game. Yeah, but he also <laughs> threw a bunch of interceptions in that game. Like, yeah, that was. Well, 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 that, we won that, that game easily. That that Eric, Eric's using the Eric, using the point of the defensive line. Like, yes, the secondary held up in that game against Russell Wilson, or, but it was you know they couldn't get the sacks that they normally get. Is what he's trying to say. Yeah, our, our, I mean, obviously we had to play Brady in the final game, who's not a mobile quarterback by any means, and they beat us. But I don't know, man. Like, it just I, – I do give the I, Chiefs a slight yeah. edge there with that. And I don't know. I mean, with the running backs – Yeah, that's all that, I was going to That's going to be the most interesting part because, I mean, I, I like your you know, argument of their zone running scheme being different. But I feel like the, the Chiefs – I mean – I know they played a variety of different teams in their last eight games. And for the most part, they gave up right around a hundred yards or slightly under that. So, I mean, they didn't have many, like, I mean, dominating performances, but these chiefs didn't play anybody, any great offenses in these games. I mean, the bears, the Broncos, 
okay, but they went against Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler, a dynamic duo twice, and they held them to roughly 90s, low 100s. I mean, you, you can, yeah. Josh, bear, Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I mean, Josh Jacobs had the best. He was like, he, had he was, he had like 10 tonight. injuries at that point in the season. Like, I don't even know if he was playing. Was he, did he play in that game? Because I know he had so many injuries going on. Well, like, that was like, that was like week. 14 or something like that i don't remember the exact week yeah he had a lot he had a lot of injuries back then so i i mean he's just i don't know man i mean i guess because for me i mean obviously they have here's the thing 49ers have different run styles the ravens could not stop derrick henry the patriots could not stop derrick henry these were the two of the most feared defenses the top two defenses in the league and and derrick henry just annihilated them. Well, I can, I can also say them. I mean, Tennessee but, only ran the ball three times in the second half to Derrick Henry. So is that like, is that good on the Chiefs or is it just they're making the offense throw the ball a bunch in the second half so they can be ready for that, pin their ears back and well, that's and that's my point for that. that I was making earlier. If the if the no, I mean obviously that's like I why I said earlier it really is going to matter who gets off to the faster start in this game. And obviously the Chiefs didn't in their first two playoff games. But if they do this time, that's why I believe that they have such an advantage. Because if the 49ers can't just strictly rely on that run game. And I know I know Jimmy G's had some decent games. and But he's also had some not-so-decent games. And so if, if it's where the 49ers are forced to throw, like how the Titans were forced to throw, then... The Chiefs win this game. But, well, the Titans weren't forced to throw. That was just bad coaching, in my opinion. Look at the scores here. At well, the well, end of the third quarter, it was 17 to 21. Does that mean that they were forced to throw? I, I blame that on Va- on Ravel. I don't think Shanahan's going to do something stupid well, like that. Well, still to your <laughs> point about the running back, though, you said they only ran the ball three times in the second half. Well, Derek, it's because they held Derrick Henry in such check. Like, why are you going to keep going with something that they're stopping? He did carry the ball because that's who they brought. That that's who brought the, the Titans to this point. That's Derrick well, Henry why, was then, the then, legit their offense. Then why did they go away from him? I mean, like because that's the stupid. Chiefs were, that's, that's I'm saying idiocracy I'm saying because <laughs> yeah. the Chiefs were stopping him you don't keep doing something that's not working so if, if it's not working like it was before with the derrick henry then why would you keep doing it that's why they went to the passing game because you know derrick henry wasn't putting up 170 yards so he was held no, below 70 it... yards on 20 carries that's that's a horrible average that's a little over three yards a carry which is not what you want yeah but the, he didn't i mean he was on pace to have a over 100 yard game so just think, I mean, that shaves so much clock down. When you go three and out, like the Titans did against the Chiefs, you, you, you can't do that. And I and honestly, they got bailed out a couple times because Kansas City doesn't know how to stay on their side of the field because they get off sides on so many times. But I, I just think San Francisco is just totally different than Tennessee when it comes to running the football. I, and when, when you look at Kansas City... They're susceptible in a lot of ways. There was a couple times, too, they dropped interceptions they should have had against Tannehill in the first quarter. I was like, oh, man, why are the Chiefs dropping that interception? Uh, so many times. Remember the penalty that they had on, like, third and 30 or something like that? And they did a pass interference, like, 10 yards down the field. It's just dumb dumb plays on Kansas City that I can't get behind. I think San Francisco's so much more disciplined and smarter uh, as a football team, because Kansas City's defense, they make dumb mistakes like that. Uh, well, 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 another thing I wanted to to rebut that with the penalties is I actually, while we were doing this, I looked up the stats on the penalties on the year. Kansas City only committed two more penalties than San Francisco did on the year. I don't know. I, w- I will say I don't know if they were between offensive and defensive, but in yeah. terms of penalties and discipline, there were only two more committed by the Chiefs total yeah and that, I mean, that was out of 100 and also yeah. saying with like you know that the that the um the chiefs did a that dumb pass interference on third and 30 db start to panic when receivers get down the field like that and with the receivers that the chiefs have like tyree kill and sammy Watkins, i know the 49ers have a good secondary but who's to say they're not going to start to panic like i'm sure richard sherman probably won't panic but what about kawan taylor or some of the safeties they might start panicking if tyree kill all of a sudden is out in the open and they know they're not going to catch him, then who knows? They might start committing 30 or 40 yard pass interference penalties. 
it's just I don't know, <laughs> but it's it's tough. Uh, I yeah, yeah this, Eric, you got anything else to add on on that part? Because nah, you guys I mean, were were pumping the Chiefs defense up. I I just don't feel well, good about for, their defense. For me, it's not. I I don't necessarily like want to pump the Chiefs defense up. Like I'm not trying to say they're like you know an elite defense, but all over the internet, all I see is like, all oh, the Chiefs defense sucks. All oh, they're so bad. Like they're trash. And, yeah, they're they're garbage. And I'm like. Okay, but if you look at their last eight games, like they're really not like they they have improved a lot. I mean, they were not as good in the beginning of the season, and I think that's why people, you know, I mean, rookie Gardner Minshew came in of the Jaguars and was fortunate yeah. in that first game of the season. But like, you know, this something hit has changed with the Chiefs defense over the second half of the season. Like when they had that blow, well that it wasn't a blog, it was close, but when they had that game against the Titans where they gave up so many points, that game just seemed to be like a wake up call for them. And they have changed so much since then. So I like if they had been playing that same way like all season, I wouldn't be sitting here trying to be like, oh yeah, the Chiefs defense is good enough to get it done. I wouldn't be saying that. But Looking at their performance over the last eight games, I just feel like they can hang with the 49ers offense in that run game. I really feel I'm not I'm they're definitely not going to shut down San Francisco's running game. But I don't I mean, I don't see them getting like 200 plus like they did against Green Bay. 